Wolf and Luke. What better day to do a Suns three-pointer during the regular season, at least, than today, Wolf. So today's topic is three things you can't wait to see in KD's debut tonight. You ready? No. All right, let's do this. Then that means we're ready. All right, I'll go first, and I tell you, Wolf, the closer we get to this game, the more intrigued I am by how Kevin Durant's teammates are going to react to having him on the floor, both just body language on the bench and all that stuff, but but how they're going to play off him. So I'm going to go with teammates, actually, first here of just how, how does Devin Booker play off of, uh, of Kevin Durant? How does Chris Paul, how does DeAndre Ayton specifically? So that'll be my first one. Yeah, okay. My first point of Suns three-pointer has got to be just KD on the floor. K- KD on the floor tonight. I, I cannot wait for that. The guy missed a ton of games, of course, over the last three seasons. He is 34 years old. He needs to say on the floor to build a little chemistry with his teammates. He needs to get back into uh, the natural ebb and flow of a season. He needs to feel like a professional athlete all over again with the aches and pains that comes with being a professional athlete. He needs to get into a grind. Play some games. Get back in playing shape. Just seeing Katie on the floor and how quickly he assimilates. That's got to be point number one. Played back 14-footer is two points. Dynamite. All right, my second one, and I know the the topic is is for the debut, but this is something we're all going to be watching pretty closely beyond just tonight. How are teams going to try to stop the Suns on offense? And and the reason I say that extends obviously beyond tonight is, quite frankly, I don't think Charlotte has the pieces to stop the Suns. They They don't have the pieces that Milwaukee has to throw at them, but... You blitz Kevin Durant. You blitz Kevin Booker. <laughs> do you? I mean, you can't double both of them, can you? You got one guy left to guard three other players. Like, what, what are you supposed to do? Uh, and like I said, Charlotte's not going to answer the question tonight. But I am interested to see how teams try to defend this offense. Now, yeah. what exactly is this offense capable? I love the fact that we don't even know what their ceiling is right now. Yeah, that's good right there by you. Um, okay, my second point of Suns three pointer. <laughs> Sounds sincere at all? No, it, it was. It was no, good. Well done by you. I think my number three point might actually blend a little bit with that. Um, They need to win tonight. (laughs) They need to win tonight. They need winning games, I think, early and often. And um, they need to start getting into a habit of winning. And that starts tonight. You went out and you got KD to win a championship this year. Not next year. Not two years from now. Not three years from now. This year. They 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 got to win a championship at some point in time for this to be everything that we all hoped it was going to be, right? They have to win that championship at some point with Kevin Durant. Why not make it this year? It starts tonight. That quest starts tonight. I want to see him win tonight and start stringing together wins 
with Kevin Durant. What a message that will send to the rest of the association. I want to see him winning games early and often with KD in the lineup. And that's point number two. Three-pointer. Shazam! That's just showing off right there. Right. Were the Suns now 12-5 and five in their last 17 and that's obviously without Kevin Durant. And then KD in his last 14 games at Brooklyn, they went 13 and one. So this okay. is this is two good things blending together. My third uh, prong here for a Suns three-pointer wolf in terms of things we can't wait to see in KD's debut tonight, which is now just four hours away. Somebody in a Suns uniform doing things. We've never really seen anybody in a Suns uniform do before. And the Suns are a very successful franchise, one of the winningest franchises of all time. Kevin Durant is unlike most players in NBA history. You know, when we had, uh, we were talking earlier and, and somebody brought up LeBron and how there are times where KD almost looks like he's as good as LeBron. They are different players. But I'd be lying if I said there, were, there weren't times in the past few years where I've watched KD at his peak and been like, wow, it's just him and LeBron and everybody yeah. else is behind them because... Because of all the different things he can do. So when I say somebody we haven't seen anybody in a Suns uniform do before, that could extend to most teams in the NBA. They have not had a player quite like Kevin Durant, ever. Okay, that's good, Luke. Um, Not as good as your second point, but my third point of Suns three-pointer... I want to see teams struggling to stop DeAndre Aiden. That's what I want to see. And that starts tonight. Devin Booker and KD are going to be fine. They're going to score points. They're going to find their rhythm. They're going to put huge pressure on their opponent's perimeter defense. And DeAndre Aiden should feast in the paint. He should. Will he feast in the paint? Will he dunk the ball more? Will, will he do the dirty work down low? I, I want to see teams struggling to check DeAndre Ayton because we know they'll be all over the perimeter with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Will that happen? I don't know. But hopefully it's going to start tonight and we'll all find out. That's my third point of Sun's three-pointer. Uh, On your last point, CBS had their five X factors for five players that could swing the championship picture. Okay. Okay. They did have one Phoenix Sun on the list. Care to guess who it was? DA? Yeah. Wow. Really? Yep. Every player in the NBA that was was eligible for this. Wow. It wasn't like, hey, just guys that what were drafted in 2018. What did they say about it? I mean, a little buzz read there or something? Or no? They wrote like a book on him. Okay, actually. forget about that. <laughs> There's then. a lot there. But I mean, a lot He's of it gonna is... going to get the opportunity, isn't he? He is. Well, you know, we've said this the last couple of years, and specifically last year, uh, but I think it rings even more true this year. If DA just goes off in the playoffs, that's it. That's bad right? news for what, the association. What, I mean, realistically, if the Suns are healthy and DA is going off in the playoffs, at a certain point, what are you supposed to do if you're a different team? Like, the, the list of teams that could beat the Suns in a seven-game series, if Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul are healthy, and DeAndre Ayton is going off in the playoffs, dwindles to, like, two? Yeah. Listen, and when, I can't think of the second one. I can just think of Milwaukee. Right. Maybe when, Golden State, just out of respect, but they don't look like it this year. When you have Devin and Kevin. Uh, <laughs> I love that. That was great. Devin and Kevin. When you have Devin and Kevin, ladies and gentlemen, how about this? When you have Kevin and Devin, 
What, what are the initials? KD. What? <laughs> when you have Look Kevin you and Devin. Workshop. I'm this. just saying, no, no you were the one who came up no, with No, it was this. a listener, actually. Oh, was it? Really? Yeah. <laughs> when you have Kevin and Devin, <laughs> I don't know why you didn't think about that. I, well, I did. A young guy. But my you first thought was, be all now you got you to bring Brevin Knight back, so you have Kevin, Devin, and Brevin. But when you have those two guys right there, base and earnings, if you're another team in the association and you're getting ready to play the Phoenix Suns, who are you going to stop? Who, who do you try to stop? Devin and Kevin. We should. This should be something we do on the show. When so we'll do game day with K Ray, right? Yeah. But then we should have an opposing coach on each day and be like, "Hey, who right. are you going to try and stop?" Well, that? Just can laugh you imagine somebody coming in saying, "Well, we're going to focus on Da. That's what we're going to." Yeah. I think they're always going to be trying to stop Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. They should. Hopefully, but if that's, not, here I, comes Fitty. I like the idea of interviewing the opposing coach and being like, so which one? Are you going to try to stop Devin or Kevin? <laughs> and just <laughs> laugh until he hangs up on us. Uh, all right, when we come back, we'll get back over to football. Can the uh, new regime finally unlock Isaiah Simmons? Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austin Ford talked about that at the Combine. You're going to hear their thoughts next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I remembered what we're supposed to be talking about here. And that's two segments in a row. Okay, I forgot. What was your taste? Ever heard of Isaiah Simmons? Oh, yeah. yeah. Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Big year for Isaiah Simmons. Uh, Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austin Ports are going to be asked about him a lot. I mean, you bring in a defensive-minded head coach. He brings over his former linebackers coach, who is now your defensive coordinator. And they're going to be asked about Isaiah Simmons. Not it, it, Let's be clear. It's not like Isaiah Simmons was bad last year. No. But, man, you just watch him and you're like, he could be better. He could be scary good, and if he's going to ever get it and be scary good consistently at the NFL level, you would think this is the regime to to put him with. So Jonathan Gannon was asked about it uh, yesterday at the NFL Combine. This is what he had to say. Look forward to figuring that out with him, you know, and the coaches. You know, I'm not, it's not going to be, hey, you're stuck in this box. This is what you're doing. we got to see what he can handle physically and mentally and know that he's, uh, he's a unique skill set guy and we will use him accordingly. Boy, that is so open-ended right there. Where do you begin on that one? We're, you're going to use him accordingly. You're just going to kind of wait and see. And that makes perfect sense to me. It really does. Rather than pigeonholing him right now, putting him into some piece and saying, that's where you're going to be. Why not just go ahead and get to know the guy a little bit, get out on the grass, get to see his skill set up close and personal, watch tape on him from last year, get his thoughts on where he thinks he wants to play. Doesn't mean he's going to play there. Just get his thoughts you got to figure all of this out with Isaiah Simmons before you make a move, a definitive move on him. Yeah, that's smart. I mean, get get all the information. Get and that includes where he's comfortable. Talk to him right off off the record, not, yes. not in front of the media. Hey, Isaiah, do you do you like moving around? Do you want to do you want to be an edge rusher? You want to be an inside linebacker? Like, what do you want to be? What do you prefer? If we, how do you feel about us making you one thing first? And then if you've mastered that at the NFL level, not not in college, but at the NFL level, then maybe we bounce you around a little bit. I, I, that's 100% a conversation you have to have. And I keep going back to what Jonathan Gannon said during Newsmakers Week with Bickley and Murata last week, where he was like, to be honest, I'm, I'm kind of tired of talking about myself. I want to get in there and start 
going to work, right? Um, that's that answer to me sort of rings true with with what he said last week. There's no way he can know specifically the plan for Isaiah Simmons right now because he hasn't worked with Isaiah Simmons yet. Yeah. But I tell you, that's one of the most interesting players on this team to me now with this new coaching staff. If you could put him anywhere, if you could just say he was going to do well anywhere you put him, what position would you want him to do well? See, I think for me, if you're telling me, okay, he's a pro bowler, but he can only play one position, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm just saying he does well, okay? I'm not going to say he's a pro bowler. He does well at this position. Where would you like him to contribute and do well? I put him at inside linebacker, then I have that taken care of with him and Zayvon Collins, and I draft Will Anderson, and I have an edge (laughs) You ripped me off. Then you don't mess with him. Oh, was that really your answer? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wait a minute. You traded the pick and drafted Will Anderson. You you can't do both, right? There's a lot of people. What do you mean? You, so far on the show today, have traded the number three pick and used it to draft Will Anderson on multiple occasions. I've said many times, I'm not going to be brokenhearted (laughs) if they hold on to the pick and draft Will Anderson. You're going to be brokenhearted if they don't somehow trade the pick and draft Will Anderson. (laughs) I know. Just get in, you know, go to the combine, Will, please, and get in there and compete in every drill. That would help. Please. I'm just, just saying. Or what? You think you're better than a... Okay, stop it. So what's your answer with Isaiah Simmons? Isaiah Simmons, everything you just said right there, I have to agree. I'd put him at the weak weak side inside linebacker. If if I had my druthers where he would do well, I'd put him at the weak side inside alongside of Zayvon Collins, to your point, and, and let him do all the things that a weak side inside linebacker can do. Not only stick your face into the fan and hold up at the point of attack, but also be moved into the slot from time to time. Be moved around. Blitz, of course. Um, You can do that with a weak side inside linebacker from time to time. I would love to see him thrive at that position. I am concerned that that is not going to be the case because of his eyes. For whatever reason, he has struggled with his eyes. Hopefully, Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rollis will be able to help him find his vision because that's what's haunting him as at the weak side inside linebacker position. Not the fact that he's not physical enough to hold up, but the fact that his eyes are betraying him. Couldn't that partially be, though, because he keeps getting moved around? I mean, is it possible new coaching staff comes in and if they said this is where you are, that his eyes would get trained? I mean, it's not too late for that. Yes, no, I think you're right on that. I do, and that's one of the reasons why I said when they drafted him, stick him at the weak side inside linebacker and do not move him. Don't do it until he shows you he's ready to be moved somewhere else. So I'm with you on that, and it'd be awesome. It would be awesome if you could put him at the weak side inside linebacker and then draft Will Anderson. Well, here, let's do this then, since it is a hypothetical Wednesday at this point. Even if you if you want to set Will Anderson aside for a second, maybe they trade the pick or whatever, if you could just do the first part of that equation that you just presented of you put Isaiah Simmons inside linebacker yeah. and he's good at it, yeah. like he's consistently right. good, right. what would that alone do for this defense? <sighs> You got the middle of your defense now. Man, it would do a lot. Um, But here's the thing. This is the thing I I, I also want to talk about. Will Anderson. 
Okay, I, I know you're you're thinking of Isaiah Simmons and everything else. It'd be great if you could stick him in our weak side inside linebacker. It'd be huge. You'd have two inside linebackers that I think are still developing, getting better. And to, to do that in tandem would be awesome because I think Zayvon Collins is not done growing. I think we haven't seen the ceiling of Zayvon Collins yet. Nowhere even close. This year, I think we're going to see it. He's either going to be in in range of touching the ceiling or not. But don't get me sidetracked. Now he's got that tombstone hat. And you've got, yes, right, exactly. Sky's the limit. Sky, oh, the tombstone. Oh, give it to me. So you were literally telling me not to get you sidetracked, and no. as you were saying that, I got you sidetracked. Here, here's the whole thing right here. Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon loves to rush four and drop seven. This is his DNA. This is what the Philadelphia Eagles were really, really good at. They would break five from time to time, no doubt. But he loves to drop seven, rush four. And if you're going to do that, you better get pressure on the quarterback with those four guys. That's why Will Anderson is huge. That's why Will Anderson is my precious <laughs> Here's Monty Austin Fort at the combine uh, on Isaiah Simmons. We're working through that. We're working through that. So Isaiah, you know, we're the defensive staff is in their process of, of evaluating the roster and, and where guys fit and, and positionally where guys are going to play. And so we have until May to uh, to make that decision, and, and we'll we'll make that decision when it's appropriate. So we still got some time on Isaiah, but you know, I know Isaiah is an extremely talented player, and he's big, he's long, he's fast, and, and uh, you know, I think I think we'll be able to find a hub. A good way to use him this year. That, that question. <laughs> that's terrifying when you don't know that's coming around the corner. Gullum actually did it better than I did. I get it. I recognize that. Thank you. Um, that that right there, that question was about if they're going to give Isaiah Simmons a fifth-year option if that's getting picked up. That's how that question was phrased to Monty Austin for. Yeah. So that's, I mean, believe it or not, Isaiah Simmons has been in the NFL for three years already. I know. Doesn't feel like Stunning, it. Stunning, isn't it? Yeah. I think that option is going to be picked up. Ron Wolfley reporting. That's me. I think that's going to, but my expectation for Isaiah is that he is going to get better. Yeah. He's, he he, he has is to. going to get better. And I just think they need to put him at one position so he can focus on one thing, one set of skills. What does it look like being in one place? Even if that's the edge, that's the other thing about it. Even if it is the edge, stick him there and see if he can't pull a Hassan Reddick. Okay, <laughs> we'll take that too. You'd think Jonathan Cannon and Nick Rollis would know something about Hassan Reddick, right? I think they would. Yeah. Um, they had a front row seat to that. You can talk me into that defense if you bring back Zach Allen and you have Isaiah Simmons, yep. Zayvon Collins, yep. Buda Baker, and Jalen Thompson. You draft Will Anderson. You can, you can, honestly, at this point, you can talk me into the defense quicker than you can talk me into the offense because I got burned believing in the offense last year. What about Byron Murphy? Fifth, yes, Byron Murphy. Whoever, if you, I, I would bring him back. I think probably on the open market, he's probably a little undervalued right now as opposed to overpaying for a guy like James Bradbury. Uh, all right, when we come back, we will, uh, we'll stick with football. We'll go around the National Football League. Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is getting cryptic again with uh, what he wants to do next year, but Green Bay kind of seems ready to just go with Jordan Love. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
Hi, it is somehow already 1.30. You realize that? It's cool. It's cool. Whatever. Wolf doesn't care about what time it is. Just rolling with it. What if I told you you're off work in a half hour? Would that Walk your... through it. Oh, yeah. No. Three and a half hours till KD's debut. Oh, man. That is, that is good. Can't wait for that. Can't uh, wait. I cannot give you. Can't wait. Can't wait. I can't give you a, a specific time on uh, when Aaron Rodgers is going to make his decision. But um, he did say he found inner peace during his four-day darkness retreat last week. I don't know if that does anything for you, Wolf. Okay. Uh, he said um, it's best for anybody who has an interest to make a decision sooner rather than later. Okay. So there's there's some of that, too. And uh, that really doesn't clear up anything. Packers, for their part, were, uh, were talking about how Jordan Love, like, it's... They didn't come out and just flat out say, okay, we want him to be our quarterback now, but they were like, all right, it's time for him to, to play. Here's uh, here's Brian Gutekunst yesterday on that. We're excited about him. You know, I think you know I've expressed to a lot of people that he needs to play. That's the next step in, in his progression. Uh, he needs to play. But Jordan's done a great job, worked really hard, you know, so he's doing everything we're asking. That is going to be interesting to watch Jordan Love, just the way it was when Aaron Rodgers took over for Brett Favre. <laughs> yeah, like Brett Favre was a living legend up in Green Bay, of course. And I, when I say was, listen, I know he still is, but Brett Favre, um, watching him play, and as well as he played for the Green Bay Packers for as long as he played, he was a living legend. And now all of a sudden, you've got the same set of circumstances. Think about it if you were a Packer fan. If you're a Packer fan, you had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Those were your two quarterbacks for over two decades. No, it's well absurd. over it's two ridiculous. decades. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's almost three decades. How spoiled are you going to be? When you've got those two guys as your quarterbacks, well over two decades. I wonder what the perception is, because you're right. Brett Favre was like was the guy in Green Bay forever, and they kind of left on sort of weird terms, right? I mean, I don't think Packers fans hate Brett Favre, but it sure seemed like at a certain point, if you made Packers fans choose, like you can have one statue outside Lambeau Field, is it going to be Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre? They would all take an Aaron Rodgers. I know. But now this has kind of gone back and forth for a little bit too. Like I don't, I don't think Packers fans dislike Aaron Rodgers, but if he's playing for the Raiders next year, I don't know. Yeah, but I, I think he's gotten just a little weird, just like Brett Favre got That's, a little sideways yeah. at the end of his career. Um, what quarterbacks didn't get weird at the end of their if they were great? Yeah, Peyton Manning, I guess, didn't get weird. He no, couldn't Peyton throw didn't. his last year, yeah. <laughs> but he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, Peyton Manning didn't get weird. I would say. Um, but Brady, you're right about that. There's Brady a lot. I don't weird. know what it is. Brady got a little, yeah, he did. Brady got a little, he got a little sideways right there. He did. It's okay. I understand when you're very, the, the greatest of all time. I can understand that. Have we seen the last of Tom Brady right now, San Francisco? Have That's we? That's an interesting well, question, Well, John too. Lynch actually was talking about that. And John Lynch said, yes, you know what? I'm not going to talk. About, I'm not even going to answer that question, which really drove me crazy. That John Lynch, I don't know if you saw this or not, but he did not answer the question. He just dust. He just brushed it off. Why? Why would you not address that? Yeah, silence is have, deafening sometimes. When you have yeah. the chance to destroy the narrative, why wouldn't you do it? I don't know, but that that is just a little, a little. 
pricker under the chaps. John Lynch has built that team the way I hope Monty Austin Fort builds the Cardinals, where the defense is just ridiculous, and then the offense, anything they do on offense is going to win them games. Yeah. Uh, but every time I, <laughs> you bring him up, I just think of him when Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt, being like, oh, that won't hurt his trade value at all. Like, Really? His, his throwing arm is, is, uh, is, is hurt, and that's not going to hurt his trade value? Uh, here's John Lynch talking about Trey Lance. I'm watching Trey out there uh, taking drops each day. I don't see a limp. Uh, it's not to say he's 100%, but he's, he's really recovering well. He's, he's got to play, and that's, that's, the, that's the, you know, the, the biggest challenge. we got a team that's ready to go now. He's got he's to get out there and play. Brock got that opportunity this year. He grabbed it. He did great things. You know, we'll see at some point you know, how we get Trey that opportunity because we very much believe in who he is as a person uh, and who he is as a quarterback. Who was that? That was John Lynch. That was John Lynch. John Lynch. Johnny, can I look me in the eye when you say that, John? (laughs) Just look me in the eye. I'm not saying he he wasn't being sincere. Um, I just want to see the flicker in your eye when you say that, bro. I also want to hit this because you sent that list over of the uh, 101 top free agents, according to uh, Greg Rosenthal of NFL.com. And as you pointed out, Baker Mayfield's number 101. There's three Eagles free agents in the top eight. And give them again, to me quickly. I, well, that's, I thought you meant just give them to you, like put them on the roster. Yeah, no. Quick reminder, the Cardinals head coach was the Eagles defensive coordinator, yes. and their defensive coordinator uh, was their uh, linebackers coach. Well played, Luke. At number three, you have Javon Hargrave. This is number three overall. Like, Javon Hargrave. Th- their top two are Lamar Jackson and Geno Smith. And then, like, number five is Daniel Jones. Number six is Derek Carr. There's a lot of quarterbacks in the top. but And the they guys still that, could be franchise-tagged or yeah. paid or whatever. But th- there's three Eagles in the top yes. eight. None of them are quarterbacks. So Javon Hargrave at number three. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is number seven. By the way, did you see his tweet? Yeah. It was interesting. Yes, it was. Um, it was somebody tweeted, Elliot Shore Parks tweeted out just a video of Jonathan Gannon on what went wrong in the second half of the Super Bowl, and C.J. Gardner-Johnson tweeted out, you didn't put us in position to make plays, <sighs> and then deleted it. There you go. You always know it's a good tweet if it gets yeah. deleted, because then it's like, okay, yeah. I got to, yeah. You know, what am I doing? Piling um, on for no reason. But so he's number seven. And by, then, by the way, you might be out there one day, bro, if you know what I mean. Might be out there. So, well, I guess that's my way of saying I'm assuming if the Cardinals were to go out and sign one of these three Eagles, it probably won't be him. <laughs> sort of what it seems like. Okay, great. And we'll then, cross his name And off. he's the safety anyway. And then uh, James Bradbury at number eight, who, yes, is known for holding on that play in the Super Bowl, but yes. is also a really good player. You know, it's really interesting just looking at this top 100 NFL free agent list put out by Greg Rosenthal, of course. Uh, Zach Allen was number 14. Mm-hmm. Zach Allen of the Arizona Cardinals in the top 15. That's one of the reasons why you'd love to see the Arizona Cardinals bring back Zach Allen. Not because he's in the top 15, because it does highlight the fact what a great season he had last year and how much he has grown, especially under the tutelage of J.J. Watt the last two seasons. And I think Zach Allen would be the first guy to actually point that out. Byron Murphy was number 32 on that. Calvin Beecham, number 62 on the top 101 free agents. And I would love to see the Arizona Cardinals bring back Beach and bring back Will Hernandez, the right side of the offensive line. Those two guys, physical pros that won't break the bank for you, 
but are going to go out there and not get your quarterback killed as well. This is going to blow your mind, too. If you take the quarterbacks out of this list, they have Zach Allen in the top 10 free agents this year. Wow. So... Wow, I, I just he's he's got to be priority number one for the Cardinals at this point. And yet the thing is, Monty Austin Fort didn't draft him. Jonathan Gannon has never coached him. You know what I mean? Now, I would assume they look on film and they're like, but this is you look for bright spots in the Cardinals 2022 season. Uh, there's like four. And Zach Allen's definitely one of them. He's probably the top one. Yeah. So that's that's a guy you want back. The one guy they had on this list was Fletcher Cox at number 69. And I'm trying to figure out why that is. He's 32 years old. Now, I know that's older, but it's not decrepit by any stretch of the imagination. Why would he put him there? Number 69, Fletcher Cox, one of the best three techniques in the NFL and has been for a long, long time. That one... I didn't get. Yeah, because even the write-up isn't bad on him. The only thing they said is, like Brandon Graham, he'll probably do more with fewer snaps. That's it. Well, the only thing I would say about that, too, is uh, he's missed four games in his career. Four games. Fletcher Cox. Incredible. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now when we come back. All right, this is our final segment before the Kevin Durant debut for the Phoenix Suns tonight. So what are your expectations for tonight and beyond with the Suns? We'll wrap up the show next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I like it. Kevin Durant is averaging just a shade under 30 points a mm-hmm. game this year. What are we getting into here? This is going to be awesome. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. KD. Countdown. Countdown. All right, a couple things here, Wolf. Yeah. I did see somebody tweet at you who's uh, who's calling the Suns the favorites outside of Phoenix. Well, everybody. They are the favorites to win the West. I'm looking at FanDuel right now. Favorites to win the West. Denver is second. Milwaukee and Boston still favored to win the title. Yeah. Which I think is... Yeah, that's... At least Milwaukee's fair. No doubt. Um, I would say even even the Celtics. Heck yeah, I get it. But favored to win the West, the Phoenix Suns right now. But how about this? Over under for Kevin Durant on points. I have it now. On FanDuel. What did you say yesterday? 30. No, 29.5, because I was going 30. Remember that? Yes. Yes. Well, well, look also, at me, just all, you also, all over the over-under. You also could have set it at 30.5 and just gone under. Oh, okay. So yeah, you, th- you think 30. I, I wanted to go over that. All right, that's fine. Everybody, uh, that's all you ever do. You just, just want to go over. over. Yeah. <laughs> right, Which exactly. I, I believe is actually the wrong thing to do. I think that's where Vegas makes their money, because we all just want to go over. Over the uh, top. Here's the number. What? 20.5. Wow. 20.5? 20.5 for Kevin Durant. How about that? First right of all, there. I'm just enjoying the fact that when you pull up Phoenix Suns player point totals, yeah. it's like, oh, here's uh, Devin Booker, it's 23 and a half. Uh, basically, they don't know what to do because they don't know what to set the numbers at because Booker's averaging like 27 this year. Uh, but you're just reading down the list. Okay, uh, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, Kevin Durant's on the Suns. Forgot about that. Wow. Yeah, okay, that's great. I know, right there. Um, 20.5? I'm not a gambler, ladies and gentlemen, but man, I'm like, okay, I know it's a minute, so you know, he's on, how many minutes is he going to play? Well, and then you have I, to adjust up five minutes, because Monty always lets cow. him play five more minutes than they're 20.5? I, I mean, he could do that a quarter. Um, Boy, that is, <laughs> that is really interesting right there. It's a prudent thing to do. It's a prudent way to proceed, putting them on a minutes restriction, isn't it? Yeah, this is also a team, 
look, this I don't want to skip steps. Charlotte's not great. This is the sort of team where you might be up in the fourth quarter and ideally could rest him and Chris Paul, right? Yeah. There's always talk about resting Chris Paul. Chris Paul should have been playing a lot. But it'd be nice to be up by a good amount in the fourth quarter and be able to sit some guys. Kind of sit them down right yeah. there, yeah. Get them ready for Friday. There's no downside whatsoever to actually saying he's going to be on a minutes restriction. You control the minutes. Yeah, I don't <laughs> right? think said what those there, there's minutes no, are. There's no downside to it if you're Monty, of course. Uh, basically, if he feels good, Kevin Durant, if he feels good, you'll let him keep playing. If he doesn't feel good, you'll cut his minutes. Um, it's a prudent way to proceed. Uh, I think, you know, we'll be... It's going to be more of a cardio issue with Kevin Durant than anything else. I honestly don't think it's any issue with Kevin Durant. Really? I think it is just simply them, this is my opinion, just them saying we you haven't played in a while. What has it been since early January, I believe? I'll double-check that. But, um, yeah, I think it's just going to be a matter of we just want to ease you into this. you got 20 games left. How many of these last 20 games do you think he plays? Hopefully um, all 20. Okay. Uh, I doubt that's going to be the case. 20. I know. I, I just, it drives me nuts to actually admit that. The back to backs, I'm sure he's going to miss a game there. I think there's load two, management. I think there's two back to backs. Which, by the way, that load management conversation we had yesterday, I went and looked at it after the show. Because I was like, what if, what if Adam Silver just gives teams less back-to-backs, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have very many back-to-back scheduled, then maybe you don't have to sit as many guys. They have been doing that. They've been giving teams, everybody, yeah. less back-to-backs. Yeah. Guys are still just sitting anyway. His last game, January 8th against uh, Miami, that was the one where everybody brings this up now. If uh, Jimmy Butler doesn't plow into him and injure him, is he just still on Brooklyn? I mean, they were on an absolute tear at that point. Who knows? It's uh, not our problem anymore. Now he's here for the Suns. um, In my expectation right now, it's I I know it's unrealistic. It really is. I don't know why um, I'm a realist, Basinonians. I am an optimist. There's no doubt about that, but I'm also a realist. And when I think of the optimism I have about Kevin Durant and the impact he's going to have on the Phoenix Suns, I'm I'm shocked, almost embarrassed that I feel the way that I do, and I have the expectation that I have for Kevin Durant and how well he's going to fit. And he hasn't played one game, <laughs> not one minute, and one game for the Phoenix Suns, and I'm I I, I know I'm skipping steps, Greg Bobovich. And I'm embarrassed at that. You're not the only one. Here's Brian Winhorst. It's going to be difficult to hold expectations down because a year ago when he came back from very similar injury with the Nets, his first game back he scored 31 points. His second game back he scored 37. I'm going to be honest with you. Being around the team over the last couple of days, I know that Devin Booker plays everything monotone. I know that Chris Paul is long you know, experience with keeping expectations low. But there's no doubt in my mind that there's a lot of excitement around this Suns team of what they're going to be when they get Kevin Durant. The reality is there's probably going to be a rough patch or two, but the expectation is that he is going to hit the ground running, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if he fits in seamlessly to what this team does offensively. There it is right there. Hit the ground running and seamlessly. Well, especially when you have the, the clip of, of KD yesterday saying he hasn't had any knee pain in weeks. You know, that this is this is not, hey, it's game four of a best of seven, KD, and we're down 2-1. I know you're hurting, but you got to get in there. And it doesn't sound like that. It sounds you like know. he's been good to go for a little bit, and they're just playing the safe. And now, 
Look, tonight he's out there. This is going to be exciting. We're going to we're going to, next time we talk on the show, we're going to be able to talk about an actual game that he has played in for the Phoenix Suns. I don't think that's fully sunk in. And also, it's it's the uh, the the healing begins tonight, Wolf. For Suns fans that have had to watch Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson play on Brooklyn, while they have nothing to show for it yet, yes. now the healing starts to begin in three hours. <laughs> the healing. Let's hope so. Let's hope it's over twenty point five. It's well that healing. Here's uh, here's one more. Um, here's Nick Friedel saying he's. Can you gonna... imagine if he actually scores less than twenty point five? He's in the teens. Well, it was great. There you go, Kevin Durant. You got him out there. Hey, he scored eighteen points. Can you, you know, that won't bother me. I, I really, uh, he, he, he played 32 minutes, 33 minutes, and he scored 18 points. I don't know. What, what, My expectation is unrealistic, and that bothers me. Yeah, but he's an unrealistic player, so that's where it's going to get fun. Um, we're, when we had the poll question before, when Aaron had the poll question on there, I was trying to figure out what point total would bother me tonight. Like single digits, I'd be like, all right, what's what's up? <laughs> like that's not Kevin Durant, but if he has eighteen, that's fine. His first game in in almost two months. Well, yeah, if he's playing against the Milwaukee Bucks, then maybe I could see that. You know, it's a tough defensive team, and I'm not saying Charlotte sucks buttermilk. I'm just saying right now uh, that would be disappointing to me. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna say it. That would be disappointing if he scored eighteen points. Went out there and if he, if he got plays. starter minutes. Okay. If he got starter minutes and he scored 18 points right there, I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to be a little underwhelmed on that. I will. I, I admit it. That's awful. What if he drops 37? <laughs> That's awful. He drops 37 in the postgame interview. He just looks at the camera and says, I'm Kevin Durant. Yeah. That would be okay that's, with me. That's, would that be that's okay with I've, you? I wouldn't have an issue with that. Hi. <laughs> I'm KD. <laughs> What's your problem? <laughs> Move along. All right, 20 games left, and then the playoffs. Everything changes by the next time we, uh, we, we do this show, Wolf. And we got, uh, we've got Suns and Hornets coming up here at 5 o'clock. So uh, a shortened Burns and Gambo show today, but I would assume they're probably okay with that, given these circumstances. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think they can. Yeah, no doubt. They they'll gut it out. Yeah, they'll, they'll go home early and watch that game. All right, thanks to Aaron Maloney and Jesse Morrison behind the glass. Uh, for Wolf, I'm Luke. We do have Burns and Gambo coming up next. It is a shorter show because of the Suns game uh, coverage starting at 430. All right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.